0: And welcome to episode 5 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I've not got a cake this time round because I'm trying not to be fat. So I've got a Diet Coke, which makes me a sad panda. But what makes me a marginally happier panda is the fact that I'm joined in the parlour this time by the absolutely delightful, comics doodly extraordinaire, David Wynn. Hello, David.
1: Hello. Hello. (gasps) I don't have cake either.
0: See, do you know what? This parlour is severely lacking in cake of late.
1: It's a terrible thing. I I think the the spit roast pig you've got over in the corner, though, that makes up for it. That's good.
0: It is pretty good. good. It's looking at me pretty funny, though. I don't know if I like it.
1: You should have killed it first.
0: Probably, yeah. Mm. (laughs) Can anyone else hear that squealing sound? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this is not a podcast about food, so why don't you tell the lovely people out in Internet land? I'm doing a very strange hand movement right now to indicate internet band but you can't see it what it is exactly that you do mr win
1: i uh make comics i i draw comics and sometimes i write them as well and stuff I, uh, my latest thing out there at the moment that i want everybody to know about is called Hypergirl which I did with the uh, lovely Mr Ian Sharman, uh, which is uh, an, an all-ages superhero comic, which uh, we're running out of the the limited edition hardcovers, so you want to get in there if you want that, but the paperback will be out soon. So you hear me turn into a shill immediately. Um, <laughs> how,
0: much, how much are the hardcovers?
1: Oh, they're 15 quid, but they are signed and numbered, full colour, lots of pages, hardback books. They're That's very not nice.
0: too shabby.
1: Mm, but, yeah, I also... You, you may also know me from... <laughs> uh, I did uh, Particle Fiction, which was a webcomic I did for a, a little over a year, which featured Ideas Man, which seemed to be quite popular. And I did uh, Damnation many years ago now, which was sort of mildly popular with a very small amount of people. But, yeah, that, that's me. That's what I Oh, I was in into the woods as well. I did a story with Daniel Clifford.
0: Oh, I still need to get that. Oh, I yes, you do. bring things. I'm going to write this down in really big letters. You into
1: should.
0: the yeah. Woods,
1: it's I'm in Nick from your second episode. He's in that. He's in there with
0: I know. Bevis. Bevis is in it as well. Like yeah. I've had, I've had a lot of Into the Woods tarts on my podcasts.
1: Hmm. Yes, and now uh, you've got one more. Yes. Well, when are you going to have Stace on? Do
0: you know what? I'd have had her on by now if she uh, if she wanted to come on, but she hasn't uh-huh. expressed an interest. But do you know what? I'll reel her in somehow. I reckon. I'm we sure have to you get can get squared back together.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can find a way to entice her.
0: The problem, I think, the problem is, is that she gets sick of talking to me for a very long amount of time simply <laughs> because I keep falling into a terrible Geordie accent whenever I talk to her for an extended period of time.
1: I can see how that might be off-putting. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of at a loss for things to say (laughs) there.
0: Shall we just talk about some actual, like, things? Yeah, let's talk
1: about some stuff, yeah. Yeah.
0: You you can start, because I'm kind like that.
1: Okay. (laughs) That's kind, is
0: it? It is. It's not stalling at all. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, I'm trying to think what pop culture to talk about. um, Well, my my main focus pretty much all the time is comics. It's the wrong time of the month for me for comics, actually. uh, Now I tell you, now that we're recording, in that I pick my comics up once a month and I'll be getting them uh, this coming weekend. (laughs) So I'm a month behind on everything. Um, but although I, I did read the latest Batman on my phone.
0: I haven't read that yet. La, la, la. Not listening. I'm a
1: bit addicted to comicsology. Okay, I won't spoil it for you, but it's good. Okay. Batman is good, isn't it? It is like, good, though, yeah. I found out today from Twitter that Becky Cloonan's working on, a, on an upcoming issue, which... Um, you yeah, and if, you know, if we're going to not have... If we're going to have anyone filling in for Greg Capullo, I, I think Becky Cloonan's a good choice. Although I don't know. It might be the backup story. I don't know.
0: I yeah. am, oh, right? She is the one who's doing Conan at the moment.
1: Yes. Yes, she is, yeah.
0: I'm not confusing my peoples.
1: No. No, Becky Cloonan's <laughs> amazing. So yeah, Batman. But you've talked about Batman on previous episodes, actually, haven't you? So I do um... like Batman a little bit too much, probably. Are you reading Wonder Woman?
0: I am, yeah, but I'm a little bit behind. I think I'm a bit an issue or two behind with that.
1: Okay. Well, I'm an issue behind. I, I think the last one I read was number nine of Wonder Woman.
0: I think that's the last one i read as well
1: it's that's bloody good although i i have to say the artwork is getting on my nerves a bit the the changing up between tony akins and um cliff chang yeah. is. i really like cliff chang's artwork on it so like the first four issues or whatever it was that he did in a row were just amazing and then i'm not warming to tony akins on it I have to say, like, he, he's, he's got a lovely, clean style and he's a very, you know, he's a good storyteller. Like, technically he's very good, but I don't like the way he draws women. I don't think it's a, you know, it's not bad or anything, but it's quite, he, he draws quite sexy women, which for Wonder Woman, you know, one of the things that was so good about it was like, here's a Wonder Woman where it's not about her being sexy. yeah and then suddenly she's all uber sexy and in sexy poses and things and it's like i was really enjoying having one just one comic without that you know like one little breathing space from that kind of thing and then there it is so that that's a bit annoying but it's but it is amazing and he he can draw so the story is just so good
0: I think it would be really difficult to. Like, the problem with Cliff Chang is that his art is so distinctive compared mm. to a lot of other people's that it's really difficult to like transition nicely from one of his issues to somebody else's because it's like, "Whoa, this isn't the same as it was before."
1: That, yeah, I know. I do know what you mean. I think, but I think, like my my response to that would be to get someone completely different. Whereas Tony Akins is kind of sort of similar at first glance, like he because they both got quite a. I don't, I don't know, I don't want to say it's a clean line, because Cliff Chang's line isn't that clean, but they're, they're both...
0: It's very pronounced.
1: Yes, yeah. they've, and, they, they, and they've both got this very sort of clear style of figure drawing, mm-hmm. that, and a very similar sort of storytelling style. So it, so there's minimal bump as you go from one to the other, but in a way that's worse, because then when you do get into the Tony Aiken stuff, then you suddenly like, wait a minute... This is. This doesn't feel right. It becomes like Uncanny Valley, you know, like like really really good CGI that's not quite good enough, you know. <laughs> yeah. kind of like, this isn't quite right. Whereas if it was someone completely different, you'd be like, you'd have that like initial shock when you pick up the next issue, but then within a couple of pages, you'd have got used to it, mm. sort of thing. That, that, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's just it's just me. I don't know. Daredevil. Are you reading Daredevil?
0: Not at the moment, but Rich has just started picking it up again, so I probably will be in the not-too-distant future.
1: Just because that's got a rotating art team on it, and I think they're handling that a bit better, because, I mean, they're all quite similar artists, but they're not as... There's, there's a more noticeable difference from issue to issue, and it's kind of, it's okay, because, like I say, after the first couple of pages, you're like, okay, this is this person, and this is the way they draw, and you're into it, whereas, yeah, like I say, when it's smooth, that can actually be worse. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, kind of, I'm kind of picking holes in a comic I really enjoy, so it's, it's silly, rather than talking about what I like about it, which is I've really been getting into Brian Azarello as a writer, yeah. Lately, like I, I was um, a little while ago, I, I kind of realised I'd never read any Hellblazer, and um, oh, and I Lord. yeah, well exactly yeah, I I kind of thought well, I'm 33 years old and I've never read any Hellblazer. That's this isn't yeah, I, I need to do something about this. So so I've I've now read all of Hellblazer.
2: Hooray! <laughs>
1: <laughs> and my favourite arc on it turned out to be Brian Azzarello, Funnily enough, like the the one arc written by an Amer- like extended run written by an american it actually is my favorite one i I thought he did such a good job and so i've been reading spaceman as well are you reading spaceman no i it's it's past the halfway point now so i'd I'd advise waiting for the trade now but it's a vertigo sci-fi book really good really good and that's him and eduardo risso oh i like him it's it's bloody fantastic but he's he's just got such a poetic way with words like this there's a lot of writers in comics at the moment who are really good at plot but not so great on dialogue Mm -hmm. and then you get people who are the other way like say i mean i'm not that i'm not really into bendis because his style doesn't click for me but his thing is dialogue and the the thing I, i get from a lot of people is that they're not very happy with the extended plots of where things go Whereas Azarello seems to really, like, every line has some depth to it, but then the stories are fantastic as well, and it it's, it's, seems to be quite rare now to find someone who's, who's got that ear, but also understands the structure and does all that so
0: well as well Sorry, I... me again which was his arc on hellblazer because was... i haven't i haven't managed to pick all of it up because i'm really struggling to get a couple of the trades i think it's okay. around the sort of third and fourth because they're only on amazon as used and they're like 40 quid and i'm like um fuck off
1: <laughs> well, I, some, somebody shared them with me but the uh he did the the, the run that was in america where John Constantine went to America and just war- wandered around America for for a while. That was really good. Yes, I have read I have uh, that. And it, it helped. that I think that had the the pro- probably the most solid art for the whole run as well. Actually, that was something where they got two artists with quite similar styles who complemented each other really well. Actually, but they but then they alternated from arc to arc rather than issue to issue, and that mm-hmm. but that worked really. I thought that was really good. Like Mike Carey's run, I thought was fantastic, but suffered a bit on the art, start, art side cuz he had a an artist whose name i can't remember but whose style kept changing okay and then you know and grant morrison's run is not grant morrison garth ennis's run is fantastic but you've got steve dillon switching up with will simpson and that kind of jars and
0: i'm not a big fan of steve dillon's anyway
1: I'm, I'm sorry,
0: I just, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I'm leaving the podcast. I was just gonna say am I really <laughs> I think I had this exact same conversation with Iz back when we were recording Comic Racks because she
1: I think I, think was, I remember actually
0: he was on Wolverine at the time
1: mm.
0: when it was pudgy faced and shit and she was like, What are you on about <laughs> uh, yeah. i don't I, my um my favorite artist on hellblaze has probably been i think i want to say it's leonardo manco mancho
1: oh okay yeah no he's the guy i didn't like i oh, really? On, on mike carey's run yeah Oh, I, but,
2: loved him. Yeah, I,
1: th- I think my problem with him though was it was it was about consistency like if you look at the way his art looks at the beginning of the mike carey run and then at the end it's it, like he sort of starts out in a kind of semi simon bisley sort of style and then by the end he's doing this weird photorealistic thing where there's a lot of actual photos like collaged into the artwork and stuff and it's kind of there are parts of it that work really well but then there are other parts where i'm like what are you doing and <laughs> and like i mean fair dues like he's experimenting but it kind of it spoils the flow for me
0: yeah i, see I liked all of that
1: Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I <don't> like Steve <laughs> Dillon, so, you know. <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> no. But then, but then it's, it, it says something, it doesn't it? Because, like, Steve Dillon's all about consistency. Like, he's... Like, you know what you're going to get with a Steve Dillon comic. So, you know, you, you're never going to open that up and go, what's he doing? Like, you know what you're going to get. Whereas Manco, like I say, fair, fair do's. He's experimenting. He's trying new things all the time, so... But I, I can definitely see both sides to
0: it. Yeah. Speaking of um, Steve Dillon, now, Thanks. am I making it up, or is he doing stuff with Mark Millar at the moment in that Miller World thing that he's...
1: I have no idea
0: No idea I'm pretty sure I read a comic And I'm fairly certain I was reading it going I really don't like this art. It's a good book But I don't like this art And then got to the end And went <laughs> oh, It's Steve Dillon Now <laughs> I don't know whether To try and look this up On the internet Because it could explode Our conversation
1: I, I can do it I can do it Because okay. we're talking On my phone And I have my Computer open In front of oh, me Oh, so. I see that's quite oh, God, I've, I've blown the whole Parlour thing Haven't I By saying that <laughs> I, don't
0: know. Oh, I don't It's but a I big Anyone oh, really believes that we're actually in the same room? Because to
2: be,
1: be
0: fair, if we were, I would not be sat here in mismatching pyjamas sniffing a tub of Vicks every time you're joking. Um, not
1: yeah. Uh, let me have a look. Uh, okay, don't yeah, say I anything. Say... Wikipedia.
0: I want to say it was either called Secret Service or maybe it was just Secret Service. Because I actually really enjoyed the book so far. Uh, which because I'm, not... I'm not that that big a fan of miller usually
1: google's not telling me anything about that i know that mark miller's doing a, a, a secret service i'd heard about i thought that was with um oh what's his name uh, god there's a name to forget dave gibbons
0: oh yeah he's definitely doing something with dave i don't like his art much either <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>
1: getting... oh. <laughs> well I, I guess what what we're learning from this is you're not into that classic consistent british cartooning style as week you, you know it could be because you're so young
2: like
1: see. If i find a complimentary way to put it there yeah but like <laughs> see i grew up reading steve Dillon in 2000 ad right? right and and you know and dave gibbon like reading the older 2000 ad stuff as well dave gibbons obviously is a feature's big in there so so for me you know they're very they're they're, they're the style of my childhood in fact what I you know I I, when I was very young I was a big fan of Green Lantern and Dave Gibbons was the artist on that at the time so you know like that's very hardwired into me whereas I can see like coming later it could look especially you know because when did you start reading comics
0: um 2005
1: okay well so so you're yeah you're coming at it from the other the other way and you're post-90s, you know, where things have become much more... Like, you're coming in after Brian Hitch blew up, for goodness sake. So, like, you're definitely used to a much more uh, explosive and energetic art style whereas those guys are very clear... Very quite staid and stagey in the way that they do things. I'm not finding anything about about Steve Dillon and Mark Miller. But yeah,
0: I think it must have been Dave Gibbons. I was thinking about because the other book that he was doing that I read was Super Crooks, and I, that's not Dillon either. I don't think yeah, I must, I think have, I must have been together. getting him confused with Dave Gibbons and thinking because that was somebody else that I don't particularly like the art of.
1: Oh, I can I can see the I can see the the crossover. They are quite similar in their sensibility, so... See, for me, I'd probably be reacting the exact opposite way. I'd be like, this is beautiful, but...
2: So not, well,
0: I... Maybe you should read it. The, <laughs> the, um, no, the the actual story is really good. I haven't written any okay. notes about this because I haven't planned to talk about it, so I can't really remember because it, it was a while ago. But <laughs> but the, the you know the general gist of it is that it's you know the Secret Service and it's good. So yeah. Anyway, you were saying.
1: <laughs> oh, well, was I? Okay. I mean, the last thing I, the last thing I read and genuinely personally enjoyed by Mark Miller was probably Ultimates. <laughs> if I'm honest.
0: I haven't been reading any of that.
1: I'm not. Oh, well, I, I'm talking about the original Ultimate. right. Uh, oh, Criker. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. It, they, I, you know, I don't like the way he writes people. I think he, he the Mark Miller really likes writing horrible, horrible people. Yeah. Uh, like, and I need, I need at least one person in there I can kind of feel like I'd get on with. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, it was interesting. Like Ultimates, even, even then, I kind of credit the fact that I do like that. I, was, I listened to, um, I got Super Gods on Audible, uh, Grant Morrison's book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to that. And in that, he mentions he actually kind of unofficially co-wrote Ultimates and even ghost-wrote one of the issues. And I don't know which one. I'd love to know which one. But I, I kind of wonder, mm, is that why I like that then? Because I used to, Mark, it's funny, Mark Miller was a writer I, I, I've i always thought of, a, or for years I thought of as someone I really liked. Um, because, well, he used to write for 2000 AD. And I loved the stuff he did for 2000 AD. And then I stopped buying comics for a few years because I uh, was spending all my money on drugs. In dark, dark days of my youth. Um, and then I came back to comics when I cleaned up. And suddenly Mark Miller was this massive star. When I'd gone away, he was this little-known guy at 2000 AD writing Big Dave. And um, I'm like, wow, he's become this superstar. And I was reading the comics. I was like, I don't like these. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: what happened? What happened? <laughs>
1: but you know, he do he, he's a very productive guy, I guess, you know, and and he puts on a good comic con, so what can I say?
0: Yeah. Uh, I I'm hoping to go to Capeo next year.
1: It's good. It's a superhero con. Like so you have to go into it with that mindset that it's uh, you know, it's not um it's funny because for me it's 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 kind of uh weird going into it as an indie guy, but an indie guy who does superheroes. So like last year Hypergirl wasn't out yet, so I sold nothing. I'm sitting next to Ian, who's done quite a lot of sort of more superhero-oriented stuff, and I think he'd just done Hero 9 to 5 then, uh, which is a superhero book he did for Marcosia, which, by the way, rather published Hypergirl. But yeah, he so he was doing really well. He was selling loads of books, and I'm sitting next to him with Particle Fiction, like selling nothing. And then this year, we go with Hypergirl, and we did really, really well.
0: But, oh that's always good
1: yeah but it's kind of it, it's a, an interesting thing like being there like if you're doing like black and white comics about your know, personal suffering um you know maybe kapow isn't the show for you <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah possibly not i get the feeling kapow is the kind of place where you need to be wearing a pair of tights under your jeans
1: um well, actually actually it's caps. not well it, well i suppose like it, If 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 you feel like you'd enjoy that feeling, perhaps I mean it's it's not that cosplay heavy. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say like there were quite a few cosplayers, but compared, I mean, I used to do MCM, um, and I don't anymore for reasons you can find out if you Google my name and MCM. But I won't go into it. But um, that that's that's cosplay. That's cosplay city. Like you go there, and there there are as many people in costumes as there are not. It's (laughs) quite. Wow. It's amazing. It's, 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 it's like being in Wonderland or something. It's, uh, l- sometimes, literally, I've seen many characters from Alice in Wonderland there. Uh, we've got, uh, kind of strayed a long way off of pop culture now.
0: We have, haven't we? Mm. I'm not, I'm not Dem- good at keeping people on track. something <laughs> that you should learn about me
1: before. <laughs> way uh, down the wrong end of the parlour. I've been listening to the show. I know how it goes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it goes everywhere is how it goes. <laughs> it's good. That's I rough. like it. I'm going to drag it back on track and actually like, you know, review some of it.
1: Good, that's a good idea. I've
0: been I've been trying to like get into some new stuff because I can't, I've, I've noticed that there's quite a big trend of me going, "Hello everybody, here's all the DC books I've read this week," <laughs> which is a bit, you know, unrepresentative of life.
1: But if they're the comics you like?
0: Well, I suppose. But I thought, you know, I'll have I'll dip my toe into the land of other stuff. And then um, I read a book called Hardcore it was an issue one, and it was one of the top co-pilot season things that, that mm-hmm. was, did the rounds. It was um, Robert Kirkman and an artist whose first name I forgot to write down, so I've just written Stelfreeze and don't know who that is. <laughs>
1: That'll be Brian Stelfreeze. Will it? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I Nick don't... Thomas. That's just that so first name here. Um <laughs> the the comic itself like the idea behind it is like stupidly good the the basic like premise of it is that a company have developed what they call a hardcore which is like a chip that they insert into someone to essentially take over all their or just to take take over their body remotely and get them to eliminate a target so instead of Having an assassin have to actually go in there and do something. They remote. They sort of shoot this chip into the back of somebody who is very close to whoever the target is, and get them to kill the person mm. so that it never gets traced back to them. Which I thought was was pretty clever. That's um, awesome. Yeah, exactly. My biggest problem with the issue was that it was terribly, terribly, terribly edited. Okay. A guy's name in it was Marcus, and it was Marcus with a K and Marcus with a C several times through. <laughs> <laughs> were, um, That's not good. Letters missing at the end of words, words missing, jumbled up sentences. There was one speech bubble, I've got literally no clue what they were trying to get at because it, the sentence itself structurally makes no sense. I was looking at it for a long time going No, I don't get it Maybe if I move this word nope, I still don't get it (laughs) I just just thought that's very weird If you're trying to sell me on the idea of this comic Like as a pilot And make me want to go Please make more of these Don't make it shit, mate (laughs) <laughs> Essentially, what you've done. I mean, I don't know. Whoever the editor was on that book, fucking fire him, man, or get him to like retake editing degree or whatever it is you get. Because seriously, I mean, I'm no. As you can probably tell from the eloquent way I've been putting things, I'm not great at English. I'm, I'm passable at speaking. But like, I, there, there literally were bits that I just thought, no, I haven't, I haven't got a clue. No idea that's, whatsoever.
1: That's that is kind of like. I, I mean. There, there nothing sort of makes you appreciate the rush that uh, like and frantic like whirling shitstorm that making a comic is like actually doing it yourself but letting that go out the door that's not good that's not yeah. good at all
0: well, this is, uh, you would have thought somebody somewhere along the line would have picked it I mean you know I can I can let go of the odd dropped letter like or the odd missing comma or full stop or something cuz it that that happens with Marvel and DC sometimes it's just oh, yeah. obviously you know Things go out in a rush, but I can't. I can't deal with a whole sentence that makes no sense, well, no. <clears throat> or a person's name that keeps spontaneously changing a letter. <laughs> it's like, is it Marcus with a K or is it a C? Somebody decided. <laughs> uh,
1: that does sound like it went. It never went past an editor. That's not good. It also, um, the, it, the, talking about the, the story itself, like the question that had raised for me as well, like that is a cool setup. But at the same time, I'd be worried about like the lack of a like a, a central character.
0: Ah, well, the central character is there's one bloke who is trained enough to... See, when they take over these bodies, they need somebody else to actually be doing...
1: Ah, uh, like a handler.
0: Yeah, well, what he, what he is, is essentially he's a guy in a tank who takes okay. over their bodies. So he'll be in the tank, like, performing kung fu or something. Okay. Which is what the remote body is doing, as it were. And he can see everything they're seeing. And, yeah, so there's there's this guy. And then it turns out his brother, I want to say, is, like, after the technology. Because he feels he invented it and then people shunned him. And he's like, fuck it, give me my shit back. Um, okay. And that's kind of how the end of issue one is. I've just spoiled mm. that massively without... In
1: <laughs> and I said I was going to try harder. I'm really sorry. Well, I, I just want to say, I, listener, on Stacey's behalf, do you prefer Stace or Stacey? I can never remember. I get you and. Don't um, really care. T- okay,
0: Twat least okay. I
1: don't really anymore. Okay. <laughs> I get you and the lovely Ms. Whittle mixed up on this. But, um, oh, yes, i be saying on your behalf, like if you're listening to this, right, we're talking about stuff that we've read or watched or whatever, we're going to spoil it. I'm going to spoil the shit out of everything. But, you know, because we're talking about it. Come on. If we start talking about something and you don't want it spoiled, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: I am actually genuinely so I do feel really bad because I spoiled something massively for someone in the last episode and I felt quite bad about it afterwards but and I did promise him I would try really hard not to spoil things or to at least give ample spoiler warning. So what I'm gonna do when I edit this, right, is sneakily cut in a bit where I'll go massive spoiler alert before oh, okay. I say what I just said.
1: <laughs> well, you're you're a you're a better person than I am. <laughs> <That's>...
0: <laughs> I think I might just stick it in the episode blurb thing because uh, I can't be bothered to edit that. <laughs> yeah, go back to hardcore No, it was really good The artwork was strange in the sense that It was like This is going to sound horrible It was like your average sort of generic comic-y art Except there were a lot of facial lines Which made everybody look about 70-odd And I'm pretty sure none of them were supposed to be 70-odd That's
1: interesting I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Brian Stelfree's But I haven't seen his work recently like, he, he used to have this very... Um, High contrast, very angular, stylized look to his work. Um, kind of, I'm trying to think who to compare him to. Have you, ever, do you know, Tony Harris. Yes. Um, have you ever seen any of the like the early Starman? Yes. Like the first trade or so. Uh-huh. Like he he was clearly very influenced by Brian Stelfreeze. So that kind of lots of heavy black and and you know sharp edges and and. Points And corners on things that wouldn't necessarily Have them in real life Like That's Brian Stelfreeze's sort of style I would say
0: that's still still true Because everybody's faces are quite angular It's just that there's a lot of lines within them And and, and it Mm -hmm. looks I don't know whether people are supposed to look gaunt Or whether they're supposed to look incredibly old But (laughs) I don't really think they're supposed to be either Especially the big beefy (laughs) guy Who's like controlling people From afar in his big tank of whatever I don't know Mm
1: strange and, hmm, it sounds but, kind of like a reverse dollhouse
0: see i never saw that so i don't i don't know hmm. what you're talking about
1: <laughs> okay I've, I've i've watched all of that quite recently on netflix
0: was that because of eliza Dushku? no it's
1: oh, because, so of it's Sweden.
0: because she's a terrible actress
1: <laughs> well do you know what i i've i've never been a fan like in with buffy like, Faith was all... I, I always kind of groaned when Faith turned up in Buffy. Yeah, me too. So I was like, oh, this is, oh, here we go, cardboard features again. But then, actually, Dollhouse, she impressed me. Like, there's, there's that programme, just by its very nature, kind of requires the people in it to be really good actors. And there are a couple of people who do fall down on the job a bit. There, there are two main cast members who are spectacularly wooden, but she's not one of them. Oh, no. So I was quite impressed. But, that
0: surprises uh, me. Did you ever see True Calling that she was in that got cancelled?
1: No, no.
0: That was god awful. I can't even remember what happened. It was so bad. But I just remember her sort of farting about being rubbish.
1: I think what it is. I mean, she's one of those people that um, this happens a lot with actresses. I've noticed, like in, in you know in Hollywood, like actresses even more than like, it's happening more and more with men as well, but actresses in particular do get kind of cast on their looks first and then their abilities second, yeah. which then means when you get female action heroes, a lot of the time they're not really up to it because they've been chosen for their femininity first. And then it's like, well, that kind of goes against, you know, like for every, like Jodie Foster, say in an action movie, like if you've ever seen, um, Oh, I've forgotten the name of the bloody film I was about to mention now, but she, like she makes a really good action hero. Like I believe Jodie Foster could kick the shit out of me in an alley, right? I do not believe that that Eliza Dushku could. I just don't. I don't don't believe it. Like Lucy Lawless, I believe. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. But most, yeah. It, it seems to be a big problem. Like, and it's becoming more so with men as well. Like every time I see Leonardo DiCaprio in in an action role, I just kind of giggle.
0: <laughs> but, yeah he's not um
1: he's not threatening
0: <laughs> no <laughs> any really. way
1: shape or form <laughs> but you know irritating i can believe him we could whine someone to death but i've veered way off there you go you see yeah. you started reviewing a comic and i've managed to talk to talk about the uh whininess of leonardo dicaprio there you go <laughs> um
0: have, it's, is there like a, an aeroplane
1: passing by your house? Yes, there is. Shall I move a little away from the window? No,
2: no, it's fine. Like, it's just
0: I can't believe your phone is picking up so much.
1: <laughs> it's 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 quite impressive, it's, isn't it? It's like, crazy impressive. It's my it's my. I
0: thought um, you were under alien attack.
1: <laughs> it's my hands-free kit as well. Like it's not yeah. even a like, speakerphone. That's pretty good.
0: <laughs> That's pretty good. Anyway, let's let's not not review an iPhone
1: because. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> That's my review. It's, good. Well it's done. good. Should I should I review something or are you going to oh, review on, something? Have a
0: go have a go. Let's um, see how long stay on.
1: <laughs> what shall I review? What shall I review? Uh I tell you what I've had a lot of experience of just lately. I'm um moving away from comics although I, I will talk about comics again, I'm sure. But like uh I have to I preface this with I haven't actually had any experience of this thing I'm about to talk about because that would be illegal, right? But, you know, if um, let's pretend for a minute that that I had seen all of the first series of the Green Lantern animated series. I'm going to play that role now, and so this is what I would say if I had seen it, which is it's really good. It's, <laughs> uh, uh, it's um, yeah, I'm completely in character now. I really enjoyed it. It's it's um, it has one sort of poor episode, which is the Star Sapphire episode, um, but even that kind of redeems itself as it, uh, towards the end because it turns out to be meaningful in the the overarching plot but it, i was really impressed with the way they they kind of wove together a a season long story but still having each episode kind of work on its own and, and using all of that crazy Green Lantern mythology that they've got going on now with, like, purple rings and blue rings and yellow rings and, and green, like, obviously green rings. But, you know, I, I'm always waiting for, like, the rainbow ring to turn up. And I, I, I dread to think what the brown ring would be like. I don't know. But, yeah, I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. Like it's a, a, it's really well written and the animation works really well. Like Bruce, the Bruce is that tradition. Have you seen any of it? I
0: th- well, I, th- I think I've seen the first episode and I okay. kind of struggled with the animation a bit and I don't know whether that was because it was, was the first episode any different to the rest or was that like up
1: to par? <laughs> um, I would say it was probably in line with the rest of it. I think it might be an, uh, a case of like getting used to it. Perhaps, because I think I, I did kind of have a bit of a problem at first, because the, the, the thing about it that I found that I was impressed with, but did cause me trouble at first, was the fact that it's, it's just like all the old Bruce Timm animation. It's just like the old Justice League show and the old Batman animated series. and all that. It's that same style, but done in 3D computer animation, so... You do have that moment at first of like, well, why is everybody's shoulders wide as they are tall and, and all that kind of thing, but then once you get used to it, it works really well. And I actually don't think they could have done it any other way because of it all being in space. Yeah, and it makes all of that stuff work so well. And like when you know, I don't think like the scenes where there's spaceships chasing other spaceships or there's people going through asteroid belts and things like this. Like, I don't think that would have been anywhere near as exciting in traditional sort of cell animation. But with the 3D and and the sense of form and the sense of scale and space that that provides, it, it became much more exciting. It's kind of, It was a lot like Star Wars. Like, it felt a lot like Star Wars, but, like, in a good way, not in a Jar Jar Binksy kind of way. Um <laughs> in a good way like, but yeah um it was that a co- tall coherent review that did was pretty
0: something? that was pretty good and we you know we stayed on topic through it which is a, an achievement
1: in itself <laughs> I, I don't i'm not sure i said much more than i like it but yeah, yeah I but do
0: that's, like it. that is fine in the terms of a review <laughs> <laughs> i um. no i did I, I i enjoyed what i saw i don't I'm getting the feeling there that I didn't see the whole episode and I can't remember why. But I did struggle a bit with the sort of 3D cgi at first. But I think it's like you say, because I'm so used to the things that I see sort of in that sense tend to be real people. So having such a stylized Yeah shape of a person like you say where they're very well they're almost a triangle like <laughs> their shoulders their shoulders are out here and then they're like look at my tiny feet <laughs> i tell you what they're the worst fucking action figures you could ever fucking own because they just keep toppling over every time anybody like a breeze rolls by <sighs> it's got that's such amazing. a tiny base anyway that's that's a rant for another day um <laughs> so that was a bit weird because he kind of you notice much more mm. what a weird shape that is for a person to be when it's three D ish. Well, does that uh, make sense? <laughs> no,
1: that does make sense. It does, and 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 it, it is interesting because as it goes along, like you meet more and more aliens of different kinds, and they tend not to be that shape. Right. So I d- I do wonder if that's something where they kind of realise as they were going, for, "This doesn't work." Like so. So how's that shape? But then you know, on, on his crew. Yeah, the, the three main characters are him and um, Killerwog, who of mm-hmm. course is shaped like Killerwog, um, <laughs> and and a guy called Razor, who's a Red Lantern, and he's very sort of tall and thin, and that oh. kind of that works. And I, I, th- I the thing I'd say is persevere with it. Is what I I think it's worth it. Like the story, the story is really good, and it was kind of it even it kind of moved me a little bit. Like watching the final episode, I I was you know I had to fight back a tear. Oh. Was quite, it's, it's really, it is really good, and it, uh, yeah, I, I recommend it.
0: You big Double. old softy.
1: Yeah, I am. Yeah.
0: <laughs> is there going to be a second series, or is I, that?
1: I think so. Yeah, yeah. I I, 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 um, the guys who do the comic, Art um, oh, Balthasar and Franco something or other. I'm sure I heard them on another podcast talking about. That they know that there's going to be a second season, so oh. it's definitely it's definitely open for it. They haven't even introduced the yellow lanterns. they've laid they've laid the groundwork for it. It's uh, that's what I mean. Like it, I was really interested in the way they chose to introduce things. So you've got you've got the pink lanterns, like the star sapphires are there. You've got the red lanterns, and even the blue lanterns by the end of that first season but still no yellow lanterns but you kind of you can see where they're going to come from
2: yeah
1: so it's it's um yeah it's it's nice to sort of see it all told a different way like especially like for me because i'm a big like when i was a kid i was a massive green lantern fan great green lantern was like my guy when i was young like i mean i mean honestly my guy when i was a little kid my guy was superman and then growing up it was batman but the one that no one else was into for me was Green Lantern. Like that was my personal favourite superhero that that I knew more about than anybody else, and, and all of that. And then when I, I didn't like what they did when they brought in Kyle Rayner and all of that, and then I don't uh, Jeff Johns's writing doesn't click for me a lot of the time, and I, his Green Lantern doesn't work for me at all. I quite enjoyed his Justice League, but yeah, I didn't didn't take to his Green Lantern at all. So uh, there's not really been much in the way of Green Lantern comics for me. For about fifteen years now, or maybe more, and the and the film well, that wasn't great. It <laughs> <So laughs> wasn't
0: terrible though either.
1: I think it was really poor. That that's something that was poorly edited as well. I I think there's there's a a pretty good like two and a half hour movie in there somewhere because there's a lot of stuff in that film where like there's there's all this stuff that gets set up at the beginning with his family and then you never see them again. Yeah, like that whole thing with his nephew. Like, why did we have? Why did we spend ten minutes on this to never have it referred to again later in the film? And and then there there were there are scenes sort of later on in the film that kind of don't you don't understand what they're on about or why they're on about it and and I, I and I don't think it's that I'm stupid. I think <laughs> it's that they cut chunks out of that film to make it two hours long.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I yeah. But but anyway. So. What I'm saying is, it's really nice to have a version of Green Lantern out there that I can enjoy and get into. so, yeah. I'm also really enjoying Young Justice at the moment. I'm, I'm. You may have guessed I'm, I'm, I'm mad on the cartoons. <laughs> Any kind of superhero cartoon, I bloody love it, and not just. I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest adult Ben Ten fan you will ever find.
0: <laughs> I really need to uh, to start watching more cartoons Because, I mean, I've been trying to keep up with so many TV shows And then there are new ones starting that I, mm. I need to watch And I'm still, I haven't, I've just started Fringe I mean, that was, uh, <laughs> why am I starting Fringe when there's so many episodes? And I haven't even started Game of Thrones yet Fucking
1: hell. Never watched Game of Thrones See, that's the thing, it's my cartoons are my vice I don't do TV, I don't really do very much of Like uh, Supernatural I watch Supernatural Really so,
0: I've seen four episodes of that And I really liked it And I haven't carried on Watching it yet
1: Oh you, Such delights await you But Supernatural is, is Awesome Awesome like, So I love that And Breaking Bad I really like Have you ever watched that?
0: Rich has I haven't
1: That's probably the best TV show around At the moment I've Says the guy who Doesn't watch any TV um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but,
0: this it. is the best <laughs> and the only thing I have watched <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes
1: I, mean, I, I i did I did something terrible with that, which was that I watched it all in one weekend wow. i am I, I, um, I got the like uh, someone shared the first couple of episodes with me um and I really enjoyed them. so I was like, oh, I'll watch some more of this and then and then i was I was having. I was, I was getting ready to uh, go down to Southampton actually to go and see the monkey on my back guys. And, um, I, I didn't sleep <laughs> for three days because I was just watching this show. <laughs> Watched the whole yeah. thing in one weekend. Cause I couldn't stop. Couldn't stop. It was That's
0: quite a rousing endorsement of a show really, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, yeah, in terms of live action TV, I don't really do it. It's, it's, it's all about the cartoons for me. I, I, yeah, yeah young justice i've um uh, generator rex have you ever watched generator rex no that's by the same people who do ben 10 it's um it's very similar sort of thing but it's sort of kind of skewed a bit older but that's very good but but anyway i've i've no, this is not Dave's cartoon podcast. This is Stacey's <laughs> Ultra Parlour.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, cartoons count. I've recently. It's quite sad that some of the things that I actually quite enjoy watching cartoon wise are the things that are actually blatantly aimed at younger people. Because, like, kind of in love with Adventure Time. Okay. Ever watched that? And um, have you ever seen Kick Potoski?
1: See, I, I, yeah, no, I've I watched the superhero cartoons. Um, I've I've never I think I've watched one Adventure Time And it was just a bit
0: It's weird Yeah It's it's completely bonkers But I think that's why I love it Because I'm like I don't know what's happening It's cute I love it (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't it didn't hook me in I have to say but I, I kind of I see why people like it but it was yeah I don't think that was, and there were no there were no giant robots there was no like flying and punching and uh, that's what I want giant robots flying, punching explosions you know these are the things that I that I go to my pop culture for pretty much whatever medium it's in <laughs> you know um, so you know, so
0: you're a big fan of the Transformers movies then um
1: uh, to, up to a point yeah <laughs> I, well, I, I like the first one i've got it on dvd i fast forward through the human bits
0: <laughs> oh do you know what i'm so glad you said that like that film has the potential to be so good if you cut out this whole shia beef thing oh, and this yes. mystical glasses on the fucking internet shit right that film in my head should have been decepticons need an energy source and think fucking hell that earth's like plentiful come down Autobots come down and go, mate, what are you playing at? Have a big fight. The only human element for me should have been the army going, what the shit is this? Shoot it with cannons. <laughs> yeah. And then film, voila, yeah. it's done for you. I'd have been happy
1: with that. I, I, yeah, I mean, really, it should have been an animated movie for kids. Really, like a computer animated movie. Avoid that whole like worry and it would have been great. I mean, I've, I really, yeah, I really enjoy like that kind of big CGI action spectacle. So, you know, I, I, and I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. I mean, it's, anima- it's another form of animation. So I really enjoy watching that kind of thing. But, yeah... All the stuff with Sheila the Beef. Yeah. And the, the
0: thing that annoyed me about the second one is, like, I mean, I haven't seen whatever the third one was called, but the, the thing that bothered me about the second one is that a lot of the action, and to be fair, in a Transformers film, what I want to see is robots kicking the shit out of each other. Hmm. A lot of it happens completely obscured by trees or ancient oh, ruins. Okay. I've not seen
1: the second or third one.
0: Oh, I... There's like there's like a massive fight at the end, but it's, it's like... I don't, know. I don't know where they are, but there's just loads of ruins and the, the shot is like, it's done so that you sort of pan along these ruins and vaguely behind them you can see the occasional robot arm flying <laughs> <away>. <laughs> What
2: is this
1: oh,
0: fight? I needed this fight. Why are you taking it from me? Shake see. him off just at the cinema screen like a madman
1: what that says to me is that there was a cgi animator somewhere like who'd got who's on a strict deadline who's like how can i how can i do this (laughs) i know this thing that's meant to be the background i'll make that the foreground and i'll just put a hand in there for a minute
0: absolutely nuts absolutely nuts um i think
1: you know what we should talk about i can't remember if you discussed it on your last episode or not but i don't know if it was out yet have you seen avengers avengers assemble course i have twice of course you
0: have of course, course I have, of course I have. <laughs> I have twice i dragged my the time wait wait <laughs> I, can't, I, I, I still can't form sentences like coherent sentences about him which i love that movie <laughs> i spent
1: most God. of the film just giggling like i was just sitting there like this is amazing <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is so good it's so good. And it's it's just, like, for me, even the little niggly things that people have pointed out that were slightly wrong with it, I'm like, I don't even remotely care because look at the rest of it. <laughs>
1: no, like what, anyway? Like, what was wrong with it? I didn't notice anything wrong with
0: it. <laughs> I pointed out, somebody online, you know what people do online is hmm. watch something and then go, this was shit because of this tiny, tiny detail. And what it was was, you know when, okay, seriously going to spoil... The absolute bejesus out of this within the. Next okay. You know the bit where they're on the plane and they've just arrested Loki and Thor, kind of nicks him and has a bit of a kerfuffle in the woods.
1: Oh yeah, well,
0: yeah, yeah. Thor doesn't really talk to Loki much, but right. then the next scene when he's on the heli carrier thingy, doodah, yeah. he basically tells everybody Loki's plan. And the the nitpick that somebody pointed out was, "How hey, the fuck did he know that?" Because Loki never told him.
1: Oh, wow. magic! Who cares?
0: Who cares? Because look at Mark Ruffalo, isn't he balls? Well, and, and, and magic, magic, he's Thor. <laughs> <You know laughs>
1: what I mean? He's,
0: he's just he's... Proud, he just thought logically, like about what his brother would probably want out of this situation. Yeah. You know, maybe because he has not yeah. lived with him his whole life. Like, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Stop um... nitpicking, right, and enjoy the fact that this film is sheer orgasm.
1: <sighs> <laughs> I was, it was fucking amazing. I really, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was... Like, I mean, I'm kind of... Uh, I'm, I'm a bit funny about The Avengers. Like I, that I, Again, I think I have a bit of a Green Lantern problem with The Avengers, actually, in that I I loved it when I was younger. And even up to reasonably recently, like um, like the Busiek and um, Perez run, I really like. But as I said earlier in the show, right, the uh bendis doesn't work for me like his dialogue doesn't click with me you know he's because he's got that really strong like authorial voice like to me everybody sounds the same when i read his comics and and it's a bit too quippy and a bit i feel like i'm watching friends in spandex Uh, (laughs) (laughs) which is you know it's cool and i I get the appeal but it, it you know that that's always a a fine sorry here I'm going on a massive aside now, but that that's always a fine line with writers who have that strong voice. Like Warren Ellis. I love Warren Ellis, but I would never fault anyone for not liking Warren Ellis's stuff because he, you know, you, you can spot a line of Warren Ellis dialogue a mile away because he, he does have that voice that comes through in everything.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: but and you know Bendis is like that and his voice doesn't work for me. So yeah, so Avengers, I haven't been able to enjoy the Avengers for a long time to be able to, to have something there that's got Captain America and it's got Iron Man and it's got the Hulk and they're, you know, it's got Thor and they're interacting the way that they should. And, you know, not that they don't interact that way in the comics. They, they pretty much do, but. But this now it's with Joss Whedon's voice, which again very distinctive. But I like his voice. It's it's awesome. It's so good. <laughs> it's like oh, it's like having old friends back. It's like, <laughs> wonderful.
0: Uh, oh yeah! When I took my mom to see it, I basically took her into the cinema and I sat her down and I said, "No, if you don't like this film, don't say a word because I will kill you." <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think that's entirely
0: fair. <laughs> did you stay Did you stay for the post-credits? Oh, of course. Of course. My mum was getting up to leave. I was like, mother, sit down. She went, why? I was, I was like, this isn't something you'll even get, because I'd, I'd already seen it with Rich. I was like, this this isn't even something you'll understand, having never read the comics. But you, you at least have to wait. <laughs> you, you don't leave a Marvel film early, mum. What are you doing?
1: <laughs> I was surprised to find out. Do you know the Chitari? the aliens... Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the the alien dude who was talking to the big reveal at the end. Yeah. Do you know who did the voice for that?
0: No, I want to say this was Wesley,
1: but I can't yes, remember real name. Yeah. It was. Alexis Denisov. <laughs> there yes, you go. Yes. Yes. He's a
0: little bastard, isn't he? He's fucking been in the Avengers, and he gets to do Alice and Hannigan. Oh, <laughs> shit. I <laughs> pulled out the longest fucking straw. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I I make no comment whatsoever. <laughs> but, um, although I will say there there was a part way through that film as well where there's a um, one of the cops in New York. Right? So this would have part would have completely passed you by because you didn't watch Dollhouse. There's a character like a major character in Dollhouse called Victor, and um, one of the cops in New York in that big scene at the end is played by the guy who played Victor in Dollhouse. And it was just quite funny because I saw it with my other other half and she watched all the Dollhouse as well. And we're sitting there and he comes on screen and we both went, Victor! (laughs) Really loudly. (laughs) So like everybody else in the cinema must have been like, oh, do they know that bloke?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's my friend Victor, of course.
1: (laughs) But yeah, sorry. That was more amusing possibly for us at the time than (laughs) (laughs) than it is in the telling. But, you know. Oh, wow. I, I thought it was a fucking good fun. Uh, the uh, my favourite part, personally, how not to spoil? How not to spoil? You see, I care about spoiling this. <laughs> but, um, oh,
0: I think I think me and Laura spoiled it to buggery last time. So
1: you know the line, puny god.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: The moment preceding that, immediately preceding that, the the little (laughs) scene there, the boom, 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 boom scene there, that is just, I I nearly pissed myself.
2: See,
0: (laughs) my favourite bit, I did reference it in the last episode, but I never spoiled it, so I'm going to spoil it now. <laughs> I, assume, I assume everyone, right, who wants to see the Avengers will have seen it by now, and if not, it yeah. is your own fucking fault for not yeah. getting off the grass and going to see it because it's awesome. There's a bit where Nick Fury says something and he makes a reference to Wizard of Oz, and Captain America goes, oh, I get that one! And he's <laughs> he's so excited that he gets this reference, and everyone looks at him and he's like, Well, I got that reference. And he, Oh! I just thought that is so. Because. The thing that that people forget sometimes when when you read Captain America comics is that he hasn't always been around this you know twentieth century nonsense and it's ah oh, I just I just love the idea that this was a reference that okay we probably all would have got because most people have seen Wizard of Oz but he doesn't know that it's a timeless classic because he's been frozen in ice for years. <laughs> it's, oh, I that love... is the
1: that's the genius of the whole way that they're doing it though, isn't it? Is that that um. They don't have to spend all that time filling in and, and remind, so they can make all the they can write the characters the way they should be, and you can have Captain America saying lines like that. But we didn't have to spend twenty minutes of the film explaining that he's from the forties because there was a whole film, <laughs> right? yeah. which 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 I loved as well. I love I, I thought that was an awesome film.
0: Right. Yeah, I, was just- I wasn't a huge fan of Captain America, but I think it was because for me it felt like a trailer for the Avengers.
1: Okay, I I thought it was the best Indiana Jones film I've seen uh, since they stopped making Indiana Jones films. So, the best Indiana Jones film I've seen since The Mummy. So, you know, I really enjoyed it.
0: (laughs) I wish I'd enjoyed it, because um, I might go back and watch it again like with my post-Avengers glasses on, because, I don't know, maybe I'll see it in a whole new light now. But I think I was just expecting so much, because Cap was like what got me into comics.
2: Okay.
0: And I was so excited to see it on screen that I was just like, and then when it came on, I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah.
1: Would that would that be the Brew Baker Captain America that got It you would.
0: In? It would. Yeah, yeah. I it bet. was the first comic I ever got. Was um, Rich gave me a copy of issue fifteen. I want to say it was, okay. and okay. Uh, I, I went back and got one to fourteen, and then <laughs> this. Current me was born who's obsessed with it.
1: <laughs> uh, that, that, Brubaker, like, he's, I mean, he's, st- he's still going on it, isn't he? I kind of dropped off oh. a little. I think I dropped off when Steve came back, so that's a while ago now, but yeah, it, it's, it's an awesome run. That is, a, that is a fantastic comic I, I'm a bit behind with me Marvel because I or well I'm kind of backing away from the big two a little bit at the moment in terms of comics just because I was spending a fortune <laughs> so not for any ideological reason just like um but yeah that so I, I mean I, I was enjoying fractions Iron Man as well but all I'm reading from Marvel now is Punisher and daredevil I'm gonna be getting that Captain Marvel that Kelly Sue DeConnick's doing, and I'll be getting a Hawkeye, I think, or at least trying it, because I do like Matt Fraction a lot. But um yeah, I'm, I'm well behind on all of that now. But, and I've, I've cut down my DC as well, because that was oh, new fifty-two, new fifty-two quid. <laughs> right.
0: It might be more than that.
1: Well, <laughs> well, it was. That's about what it added to my monthly comic bill. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> it was crazy, but um kind of it was inevitable because you have to try all these things don't you know but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm with um I'm sticking with Batman Wonder Woman animal man and swamp thing and that, that's it was hard to cut it down to just those but
0: I was gonna say that's pretty skimpy
1: well because I get um I mean I am getting hellblazer. Obviously, and uh, Spaceman from Vertigo, and but then I, you know, there's there's all this stuff going on in it going on an image at the moment. Like, have you read any of the extreme titles, like, Prophet and Glory and Bloodstrike? No. Do you, do you know about them? No. Know? No. Extreme Comics was you know Rob Liefeld. I do not yes. personally, but
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now I I realise saying that name tends to lead to some assumptions about quality. Um, I mean, one of the things to remember is that when I was 12, Rob Liefeld was the shit. Not <laughs> shit, the shit. <laughs> like, and you know, everyone from my age group has like a very sort of, or a lot of people from my age group have kind of a conflicted feeling about Rob Liefeld because we all loved him. And then we got older and realized, and sort of saw all his flaws. I think that's a lot of why there's so much um, hate out there for Rob Liefeld on the internet is that uh, I think there's a lot of people who feel very stupid. <laughs> you know, but the, the thing with, anyway, Extreme was his line from when Image was first founded. And the thing he's done just recently, like, was start it all up again, but he's not doing any of the comics. I think he might be doing Youngblood, but the other, they're doing four titles. They do, no, they're doing five titles, but um, the ones I'm reading are Profit, Glory, and Bloodstrike. And they're, they were exactly what you think of. Originally, they were exactly what you think of when you think of Rob Liefeld, right? They made no sense. They were incredibly bombastically drawn and with very little care for anatomy or consistency. And everyone was shouting all the time and had massive thighs. And <laughs> But he's picked out creators to work on these that are the exact opposite of what you'd expect. So Profit is being done written by a guy called Brendan Graham, who did King City, which is this really surreal and cerebral manga-influenced sci-fi comic that's uh, indescribable, to be honest. But if you Google King City, you'll get an idea. It's very, um, very, like, indie-darling. Type of comic, um, so he's writing profit, and then it's been drawn by a guy called Simon Roy, who's got this very sort of European, very lush, detailed kind of illustrative European style. It's not, but it's quite. It's also very loose, so it's not like Mobius necessarily, but it's it, it's really beautiful artwork, and and they're doing it as this kind of Conan in the far far future it's a really weird trippy sci-fi comic that's really beautiful to look at and kind of weird to read like very strange stories and you know there's almost no dialogue because there's only one human like, and everybody else is aliens
2: oh. and
1: it's, it's it, and it's a lot like conan but in this weird sci-fi setting it's very it's amazing very very good and then glory was Rob Liefeld's um, sort of take on Wonder Woman. And that's being done... Oh, God, I'm trying to remember the names of the people who are doing that. I can't remember their names. But they're, again, sort of indie-type people. And and they're, they've, got again, gone at this very sort of strange sort of sci-fi angle. It's a bit more grounded, but it is like there's this weird sort of alien war thing going on and Glory is drawn... In st- where she used to be, like, your typical Rob Liefeld woman with no spine... And perfectly spherical breasts, uh, always standing with ass and chest facing you at all times, and all that incredibly skinny. And she's they're not drawing her like that at all. She's massive, like she's about nine feet tall and, and built like a wrestler. Like, and it's it, but it's still beautiful, but it's really different, really refreshing. And then Bloodstrike is being written by Tim Seeley, does hack slash. Oh, okay, and that's shaping up to be kind of a uh, almost like an espionage thing but that I mean that I've only read the first issue of that so far but that that's pretty cool as well and it's they're just very different like I really I love fantastic adventure fiction you know like that's that's what I want like I said robots explosions I'm happy <laughs> like but it's really nice to sort of see another take on that and a, a different way of doing it i am re- so I'm really enjoying those so you know that's yeah, that I that, say. That's why I've had to I've had to cut down on the big two stuff because I've got to make room for all this all this other <laughs> some stuff. <laughs> uh,
0: oh dear. Yeah. Well, I've been um, I read. I don't know if you've read Dancer from Image. I,
1: think, I have not, but I've heard about it. I've heard good things.
0: Ah, well, you, you're about to hear more good things because <laughs> <laughs> I um I read. I think issue one came out last month, and I've I've not long read issue two. I'm not going to spoil it simply because it's very, very good and I wouldn't want to. (laughs) (laughs) What I will say is that it's, it's about an ex assassin um, who's going out with this ballet dancer bird. And in the first issue, somebody tries to kill him. Okay. And you don't, quite know what's going on you, you learn a bit more in issue two but it gets it just gets stupidly brilliant from there okay. <laughs> once you find out who's trying to kill him it's like whoa and then um, yeah it's pretty awesome the the thing that i liked the most about it was the art because it looked very familiar to me and i realized what it was was it's kind of like a cross between alex malieve who did i don't know if you ever read scarlet that was really good
1: i didn't read that but i know his work
0: Yeah, Um, it was like a cross between him and Sean Murphy, like his work on Joe the Barbarian,
1: Yeah,
0: um, which also very good. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So it's kind of like it's somewhere in between that in my head. I mean, maybe I'm misremembering and being rubbish and you'll look at it and go, what are you talking about? But it's very, very good art.
1: (laughs) I mean, the preview issues I've seen, that sounds quite accurate. I've, I've seen like I've, I've a lot of I've seen people posting. I follow Nathan Edmondson on Twitter, the writer, yeah. and I've seen him post images from it and things. <laughs> yeah, that 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 sounds kind of in line with it. And I've the main thing that sticks in my head is that cover to the first issue that was very striking.
2: Oh
0: brilliant yeah the, the whole um the whole of the issues are done like that it's like the
1: okay it
0: never like wavers in quality it's very very good like throughout and yeah like the story like i say, I don't want to say much more about it simply because it is so good that i wouldn't want to ruin the awesome awesomeness of it but i would definitely recommend reading it if you're into particularly if you're into the sort of spy espionage didn't,
1: didn't he write um who is drake ellis as well he did didn't he I don't I know. He's, he's he's very good at choosing artists and and that was a very good espionage comic. So mm.
2: yeah. Mm,
1: I will check it out. So it's image. So that'll be um that'll be on comicsology. That's why I'm reading a lot of that <laughs> kind of stuff I am addicted to reading things on my phone. it's the the, the trick is man stopping myself from buying things twice. <laughs> on the See, and this, is,
0: uh, this is why i won't buy an iphone is because i know that i will just go mental with comicsology and have no money but lots of comics
1: <laughs> well i mean they actually depending on where you buy your comics they work out a bit cheaper actually getting them on the phone so that's worth you know, not for me because I've got a really good comic shop that gives you a discount if you're a regular customer. So they work out about the same for me. But I think for most people they're a bit cheaper if you get them on Comicsology. Oh, that's
2: you know, pretty good. Worth knowing. That's
0: still no reason to spend that much money on a phone. <laughs> <laughs> I would I entirely murder my budget, I think, if I um if I went anywhere near Comicsology.
1: <laughs> to be honest, it's the whole reason I got an iPhone. <laughs> it's just so that I could have Comicsology. <laughs> So what else have you, have you been up to cuz
0: I Well a lot. The, sort of the, like the big one that I wanted to talk about simply because of all the brouhaha on the internet was the whole Before Watchmen thing. Um, oh yes. I've only read Minutemen so far but I have got Silk Spectre to read. Quite excited about it because I quite like Amanda Connor.
1: Hmm, she she's got an amazing art style she's a very good artist. Yeah. I've, I've read Minutemen, I've not read Suspect.
0: so we are in the same boat oh, Well, like initially I just wanted to, to talk about my feelings about the before Watchmen thing, because I know there was like a big thing on, there was such an uproar on the internet, like, this is going to ruin Watchmen and I'm never, blah blah blah, blah. and I'm like, oh, do you know what, right people, calm down, just in through the nose, out through the mouth, just <laughs> gross, have a deep breath and think logically about this, right? If they make it Before Watchmen and it's shit, you've still got the original Watchmen to read. They're not gonna come round your house and burn all your copies of Watchmen and I dunno, smash your iPhone if you've got it on Comicsology or whatever. They're not they're not gonna do that and say before Watchmen is the only kind of Watchman you can there read. Because people aren't mean. <laughs> so, so if you read before Watchmen and you think, I don't like this, that's fine. Just don't ever read it again. Go back and read old Watchmen. Good times. If it's good, then hooray, you've got extra Watchmen. I don't understand what your problem is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, the the main sort of kerfuffles I came across about it were more uh, from like an ideological thing rather than, I mean, because I, I mean, my feeling about it Uh, when I when it was first announced was I was like I don't I didn't think it was a good idea and I still think it's kind of a a a dumb thing to do because I'm like well there's no no way no earthly way it's going to be as good like I don't care how good it is it's not going to be as good as Watchmen and it's not going to add anything to it because there's no room to add to it it might be great and something that you can have alongside and you know and and going with the creative teams they've got, it is, you know, and Min- and I did enjoy Minutemen. I think you know it is shaping up to be a good bunch of comics, I'm sure. So from a creative point of view, I'm like, mm. but I'm like, well, they're going to do it. They're going to do it because it's money on the table, you know. And they'd be they'd be stupid to leave it there. But the the thing I kept in is people saying, "Oh, this is wrong. They're screwing over the creators and all that," and, and it it really started to get my back up, like really get on my nerves because for starters, it's people who read. Marvel and DC comics saying this in the first place. And you're like, well, do you know what? If if you object to them legally using Watchmen, well, Batman, here's here's a little mind blower for you. Batman was not created by Bob Kane. Even though it says it on every Batman comic, Batman was created by Bill Finger. Bob Kane created a guy called Eagle Man and then got his mate Bill Finger to make it into something publishable. And he created Batman. And then Bob Kane did a contract that got his name on it and and anyway you can read all about that like but the point is 90 percent of the the stuff we read if it's coming out from the big two in similar or shadier uh, legal status or or moral status if you're going to be like well we have to respect the original creator's wishes you know so don't tell me this is wrong when you're reading daredevil for example, you know, like it's no more right. And certainly if you're reading Batman, this is no more wrong than Batman. It's no more wrong than Superman. And you know, I'm at peace with that. I've made my peace with that a long time ago. I like these comics. I want to read comics, you know, and I want the industry to survive. And actually you look at the, sorry, I'm having a bit of a rant now, but you look at the, the, the circumstances of it and everything they signed some pretty crystal clear fucking contracts, and they, you know, yeah, they didn't come out of it the way they wanted to, or the way they were hoping to, but they they always knew this was a possibility, and saying they didn't is just, well, the only way they didn't is if they didn't read the contracts, and well, you know what, John Higgins is actually drawing some of it, and I think that's another thing that kind of gets my back up is a lot of it. Everyone's talking about Alan Moore. I've not seen anyone um, saying, well, where's their respect for Dave Gibbons and where's their respect for John Higgins? Because, oh, look, they're actually involved. And and they worked on the comic too. And actually, Alan Moore didn't make Watchmen by himself. Dave Gibbons created Night Owl, and he has the drawings to prove it from when he was five. <laughs> like, so do you know what? Like, back the fuck off. You know? <laughs> like, Writers are not the be-all and end-all of this. They're speaking as somebody who draws, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. So yeah, I, I kind of, I almost, almost want to enjoy them just to piss people off. I think, and, and even, and, and even, you know, there's one guy I, I, I'm not going to name, but there's one guy on the internet whose opinions I generally respect, but he's really got his back up about this, and he has at least given him his due. He stopped reading all big two comics. So fair enough, like, he's got the courage of his convictions to do that, except he's really into computer games. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure most of those properties are owned by corporations who are not giving the creator, the original creators of those properties a fair deal. Like, I'm pre- I mean, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure whoever came up with Lara Croft doesn't have their name coming up at the beginning of every Tomb Raider game. I don't know, admittedly, because I'm not a gamer, but, you know... The, this is how the creative creative media works. This is how creative industry works. This is how we get paid. You know, if every, if everything was creator own, no one would make any money and nothing would ever come out. You <laughs> know, so it's just how it is. But anyway, yeah, ran over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, see, the the thing for me was when it was announced, I did think this is probably not going to be as good. However, I then went on to think, do you know what though? I fucking I love the Minutemen as characters and they're such a small part of the Watchmen that I was just quite happy to have, like, um, comics about Minutemen. Yeah. Like, I, you know, and it, it to me it doesn't matter whether it stands up to being as good as as Watchmen was because it's going to be a different. Th- it's a different beast. It's not. It's not Watchmen. It may be about characters relating to Watchmen, but it's not the same thing. And I, I mean, Darwin Cook, that guy, he can fucking draw. And I tell you what, Sally Jupiter's never looked as fit like ever. <laughs> oh word! Oh word! I'm I'm coming off a little bit lesbotastic in this episode, but I've got to say, well, he he knows how to draw a woman, like proper sassy.
1: See, I, I love Darwin Cook's work. I mean, it, oh. yeah, I, I I didn't have that reaction to it, so I don't know what that says. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just happy to have more Darwin Cook comics in the world. I think that's that's oh. a great thing, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was um, it was a bit um. This is going to sound stupid, but I was surprised at how violent it was, which is funny considering it's Watchmen. <laughs> but I was a bit taken aback by that. But once I sort of got used to, I think it was because I'm not not used to seeing a comic that's drawn like that be quite so yeah. bloody. Yeah. But once I got used to it, yeah, you know, he's, he's he's gorgeous. He's Darwin Cook doing yeah. comics set in the forties. I mean, what 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 more could you want? You know?
0: Well this is the thing I mean the way he draws women is very sort of pin upish anyway mm. if that makes sense so th- mm. this like d- whoever decided that he was going to be king of that part of the comic was just brilliant <laughs> Cause it's just perfect in in my eyes like he cuz he can draw a woman being sexy without being you know a woman wearing like no i mean yeah okay sally jupiter does pretty much wear nothing (laughs) (laughs) but like if you look at other comics he can draw a woman entirely clad in like jeans and a turtleneck for crying out loud Mm. and she can still be the sexiest thing in the whole book he just it yeah he just knows how to draw a woman and i just yeah i just i love him and i thought it was a good start Yeah, it was it was very set upy, but I suppose you know that's what an issue one is, isn't it? Really, (laughs) you can't have an issue one that's not setting things up because it'd be crap. But
1: I I found it work. I I was impressed with how well it works as like a single issue, like knowing that this. I mean, obviously these are being done for the collections. That's where they're going to make their money, but. Even with that, I mean, I, I guarantee you the Straczynski stuff isn't going to work as well as single issues as this does. But I, I like it. It felt like a comic. It felt like I read a, a proper comic, like a, an old-fashioned individual issue, and that's kind of true to the original. Because that's one of the genius things about Watchmen is it's this great big story, but each individual issue works by itself as well. And. Uh, yeah, it was really good. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a master, so so it's a masterpiece. If you see what I mean, like I I, I would I would rather like he spent that time on an on, on an extra Parker book. I have to admit, because like, <laughs> I love, those. but I mean, or in fact, you know, my personal taste, I'd rather it was a Batman book, but, <laughs> but this will do will definitely do, and I, I liked the bit with Silk Spectre as well. I was, yeah. I was not Silk Spectre, um the silhouette because yes. I was yeah I was interested to see how he was going to play that because I know he's um he's not the most liberal-minded individual from what I've from what I understand, so I, I wasn't quite sure how he was going to handle that, but I thought he did, dealt with it very well. I was yeah very very pleased with it.
0: I am going to steer this in an entirely mad direction now, like completely away from comics and telly and all sorts of things. I. Entirely by accident on Facebook, this is the only time I've ever come across a Facebook ad that I've actually given a shit about, entirely by accident stumbled upon a little tour of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy radio show live stage show. It was the original cast from the radio show. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. The the only thing was there was a different person playing the guide uh, in every sort of in each different location. For Birmingham it was full Jupiter. And uh, <laughs> I was oh, wow. just yeah, I was a bit like oh, not sure how that'll go down, but he actually he did a really cracking job of it. I was I was very impressed, but it was just so much fun because I mean, uh, for those who don't know, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is probably one of the greatest radio slash uh, book. He says it's, 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 it's a trilogy. There were five of them, and then somebody else brought it out a six So you know, <laughs> uh, a trilogy of books, and then there was a TV show that was great, and then there was a film that was you know. It was, there was a film, and <laughs> actually, the film wasn't that bad. I, should, yeah, I, liked I shouldn't reckon any. I liked, I liked the film in a sense, but that's another story for another time. It
1: was a, di- it was a different thing. Yeah, you know, and that's okay because they're all different, aren't they? The book, the radio show is different from the TV show, which is different from the books. So yeah,
0: yeah it's all. I don't think even Douglas Adams knows what what really happens. <laughs> it's just just a lot of stuff occurs but the the thing that was was brilliant was adapting it for the stage as a radio show mm. they were so inventive about the way that they did it the the greatest part i thought was that on the uh as you were looking at it on the left hand corner of the stage they got the live band and they were awesome and just in front of them was this this sort of big table with two blokes and a shitload of weird looking props and i was thinking okay. what is this well that was this that was the sound effects table and it was so much fun to watch them scurrying about like clanking toilet seat lids together and yeah i mean watching two blokes trying to make the sound of a sperm whale hitting the ground at great speed was just yes. the funniest thing i've ever seen and- <laughs> was so so good i just i couldn't stop laughing the entire time i I mean i love the hitchhiker's guide anyway i always get told off by true uh hitchhikers nerds because i read the books first so in my head they came first but i know that they didn't
1: (laughs) i for me it was i i saw the tv show first so because i'm pretty uh, sure
0: it was the radio show to begin with wasn't
1: it and then it was
0: it was Books. then it's telly i want to say but i could be lying i don't
1: know I, I don't know i don't know what order it all came in no i did read the books i listened to some of the radio show but not all of it but it's, for me the tv show is from for me that's that's the primary version like that's the one i remember really well and you know and that theme tune and you know I, I loved that tv show i quite enjoyed the film thought it was all right but i'd, I'd love to have seen that so is, is that on tour Still, uh, or if I missed
0: it? Um, I think it is, but I don't know where it will be now because I I saw it last Tuesday, and I think that was one of the first couple of days. But I don't know where it's been or where it's going to. Um, and by the time this episode comes out, it'll probably finish. So sorry, everybody else. <laughs> You're all gonna miss it.
1: Googling it as we speak.
0: Oh, good times. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean what the, the best thing I thought was, aside from watching these two sound guys be hilarious, hmm. was the way they did Marvin.
1: Um, okay.
0: Because it was essentially a bloke who was the puppeteer who stood behind a, an almost human-sized robot and sort of moved him as he walked. So the robot's feet were attached to his feet and he okay. moved the arms and his face lit up whenever he spoke. And they used recordings of, I've forgotten his name, what a div... The guy who who did the voice for Marvin on the radio show—they used recordings okay. of him—and they even did. I did. I did not know. This is how. This is how rubbish a, a Douglas Adams fan that I am. I did not know that Marvin had songs that were in the charts. Um, oh my
1: god! I didn't know that.
0: Oh my word! He performed one of them, and that was probably just. I may have done a little wee. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> like it's it was just such a fun night because i love going to the theater but i particularly like it when i can come out laughing like you know it's nice to go and see a play like of mice and men but you know i don't i don't like to cry <laughs> i don't like seeing um matthew kelly get shot in the face but because
1: well, i that's, don't know about that
0: that's, that's what happened when i saw it um, okay <laughs> so I, I i just thought I, it sounds stupidly cliche but I just love a good laugh and I went to see it with my friend Paul Richardson who is also a comics nerd and uh, we just I don't think we we stopped laughing all night we pretty much went to Nando's talked about comics ate a lot of chicken had a good laugh and went home again it was great that um, sounds awesome. <laughs> and it, like, if by any chance it's still touring by the time I actually get this episode edited and put onto the internet and you can actually you know get to one of the performances I would highly recommend it because it's just I mean trying to describe the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy for people that don't know is it's a mammoth task <laughs> because it's entirely lally but it's also effing brilliant yeah, yeah. i just i the, the adaptation was so good, and seeing the original cast all together. And I mean, the, the brilliant thing about live shows like that as well is that sometimes they'd fumble their lines and make a joke of it and, it, and that would add to the funny. And a brilliant little feature that they had as well is that they recorded every night, and a few days later they put it up on their the website so oh, that you cool. could download the show that you were at. Oh which, which
1: I haven't done yet, but I will. So. I'm on the website right now, so I might have a might see if I can do Do you have to have your ticket number to be able to download it, or can anyone download them? Um,
0: I would assume anybody could. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe there's a charge. I'm not sure. Maybe without a ticket. That, I don't know. I haven't really looked into it because I need to do it on Richie's computer because my iTunes is set up on his computer.
1: Okay. So. Well, I should, I'm going to have a look into that. I'm on the website right now. I've got the tour dates up in front of me, and I tell you what, right, it is still going it's going up till the 21st of july oh. and i'm i'm sitting here considering a trip to edinburgh <laughs> and i'll tell you why because like you've got some cool people doing the voice of the book you got like clive anderson oh uh, you know quite like roger mcgough who i love doing the voice so you got uh, phil Jupiter is going to be doing it again hugh dennis uh, john lloyd who well, sh- works on the original sh- 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 show sh- 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 but in on the 21st of july in edinburgh yeah. It's Neil Gaiman.
0: Shit, I'm going to be in Manchester on the 21st, seeing The Dark Knight at the IMAX. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> well, yeah, I can understand. Like that's 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 <laughs> that. Oh. If, if you're going to be doing anything, that'll yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. do, you know
0: do. you know what? Do you know why I'm going to be in Manchester instead of Birmingham? Because right. the Birmingham IMAX is no longer IMAX. It's just a very large screen. Well,
1: that's bollocks.
0: Yeah, (laughs) shit is that So Rich was like, okay, this is the weekend before my birthday We'll just call it a birthday weekend out And go and see it at the IMAX in Manchester I was like, yes Yes. (laughs) I'll
2: join
1: you (laughs) I'm going to be going to see it in IMAX But uh, not on the 21st It's going to be that week that i we're working out Dates at the moment Me and a bunch of other comic-y people Who are going to go in a big gang and see it together at IMAX
0: The absolutely (laughs) pathetic thing about me and Rich Is that we don't want to wait a whole day And we've (laughs) always... We've already booked tickets to see it at the Odeon the night before. <laughs> so it's going to be like, we'll see it on a little screen, and then it will just be bigger in my eyes. Well, yeah. doesn't he film,
1: like, extra bits for the IMAX? I'm pretty sure, doesn't he do that, Nolan? Like, he'll film... Okay. Like, he'll film, yeah. yeah, so... so like, And I've never been able to spot the difference. I saw Dark Knight in IMAX, and then I've got it on DVD. But, of course, I saw it first on the IMAX. So... And then, like months later, I got it on DVD. So I, I, don't know what the difference is. Like, I can't remember. I'm not. It's not like I'm watching it, going, "Oh, wait a minute, you know, what about that bit of background or whatever." But like, you'll be able to do that contrast. You'll be able to see it on the one and then see it on the other and go, "Ah, oh, there's I more background."
0: So this, this better not be like the one in the trilogy where he completely misses the mark. Because if I'm going to see it twice in two days, it better be
1: fucking good. Well, I'll tell you what. I've been watching the trailers, and when the first, like, I'm, I'm a massive Christopher Nolan fan. I've never seen a Christopher Nolan film I didn't like. Right, so so I've always had absolute faith in him. And then when the first few trailers were coming out, I was a bit like, "Hmm, oh, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure." And then, have you seen the latest trailer?
0: Is this the one that came out like yesterday or, to, yeah. or earlier? That no, I haven't. Is it good? Is it good? Because my my biggest thing with it was, and I I said this to Rich when it was announced that Bane was going to be in it was if Bane is not intelligent and conniving and meticulous, I'm going to hate this film because Bane is one of my favourite Batman villains because.
1: Watch this trailer.
0: Oh, because the thing is, the thing I've always liked to bet him is that he's so clever that he's—he's he's not the guy who's just going to go in brute force and kick Batman mm. in the face. He's—he's. He's, I mean, if you take the Nightfall story for example, he's the one who he knows that Batman mm. is ludicrously good so he knows that even though he's got this venom and whatnot, he wouldn't be able to take him down completely by himself so he just sets everybody on him continuously yes. until the point that Batman's like why won't this fucking stop and then Bane's like ah now it's my <laughs> turn fucking <laughs> getting and I remember reading that I mean I, I didn't read it wasn't long ago that I actually read the Nightfall story and I, I was reading it and I was thinking why did no villain ever think of this before this is genius just wear the guy down until he's Practically dead and then break the fucker and ah oh, i just i said to rich after the mess that was bane in batman forever or whichever one it was that he was in where he was essentially poison ivy's lackey and just went every now and again any improvement on that will, will make my day i think
1: <laughs> well i i think like i say this trailer i, I was i was pleased i was very pleased like uh, it's um yeah it looks good it looks very good. I kind of don't want to talk because, like, I think, like most people, I'm looking at it, trying to work out the plot. Yeah. So anything I say is either going to be really wrong and make me look stupid in a month, or it's going to be <laughs> right <laughs> and be a spoiler. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it looks good. It looks oh, good.
0: I can't. I, so, I'm so excited to see it, and that—that's what worries me. I think is because the last film I was this excited about was Captain America. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. And
0: then, and then, you know, uh, that kind of fell on its face for me. So I'm trying to calm myself down and think that this could be shit, just so that it, you know, it lives up to. Because <laughs> the thing is about being a pessimist, right? Is that you're either always proven right or pleasantly surprised. <laughs> you yeah. let You never let down as a pessimist, so. <laughs> you're
1: never disappointed. Absolutely. Indeed. Yeah.
0: Oh, can't wait. I would imagine we'll probably see it a third time at some point as well. <laughs>
1: I, I have a feeling I might be seeing it twice Possibly in IMAX twice So, you know That's <laughs> I,
0: I, expense as well
1: Well, I, yeah, but do you know what it's, Going to the cinema is expensive anyway Like okay. it, It's actually not that much more To go and see it in an amazing way so. I was
0: going to say, it's just the girl who's going to get a train And stay in a hotel to see it in an IMAX
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, my my local cinema is a bit crap Like, it's a view uh, it's it, like the screens are tiny and sometimes they forget to put the lights down properly and I've been in there where they've turned the film off halfway through the credits and things like that and it's not it's not great and then it's like a tenner for a ticket oh so then and then IMAX is I think maybe 15 pounds for a ticket I'm just like well do you know what Um, for two of us to go the difference between 20 quid and 30 quid actually considering you know, it's like the difference in in the quality of experience. I'm prepared to pay that. I always feel like a mug paying £10 for a cinema ticket. So I kind of think, yeah. What the heck <laughs> It's Batman it's I, can't I wish I'd seen Inception that way oh, I love oh, that, film. that film
0: That film is very good Talking of films I had uh, I had entirely meant to review I, d- I don't know if, if, um, if I've mentioned it on this podcast But I have got a list of things I wanted to do before I was 30 And okay. one of the things on that list was watch Richie's top 50 films <laughs> Because oh, when well, I That's love well the thing is when I met Rich I was terrible at films and right. you would you, most people would say to me oh I saw blood at the weekend have you ever seen it and I'd go nope <laughs> so Rich made me a list and we went to see just before our anniversary uh holiday to Belgium which was great. It was the day before actually. We went to see two thousand and one Space Odyssey at the okay. Electric Cinema. Now the, picture this, if you will. It was actually very, very hot on this day. Yeah. It was that you know that week we had really nice weather yeah. and, just for that week. Um yeah. so it was really, really warm. It was the middle of the afternoon. I'd had a few friends over the night before. Uh, you know, it's, it's a dark room. It's not air-conditioned, and we booked a sofa,
1: right? You went to sleep, so, didn't you?
0: I may have nodded off. <laughs> um,
1: it's not the most lively film, either. The, the, the problem for... The,
0: the, the, okay, this is going to get spoiled, but it is a very old film, so, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I think you're okay to spoil 2001. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, The the, the problem was I didn't nod off for more than, like, ten seconds at a time. But, you know, when your head just keeps sort of lolling and then you wake up because you've lolled a bit too far and your neck's just gone, ah. So I kept doing that so I would sort of – there'd be monkeys – and then I'd nod off and we're in space. And then I'd nod off and there's some flashing lights. And I'd nod off and then there's a fetus. And I was like, okay, what the fuck? I have literally no clue what happened in this film at all. And Rich Rich was going, Stace, how do you not get this? He was like, you know, it's, it's trying to explain the symbolism and, you know, how clever this film is. And I was like, no, Rich, see, the thing, the thing that you've, you're misunderstanding here is that I didn't watch it all. <laughs> <laughs> Is that when you go from being in space with a, t- a talking computer program that seems to want to kill you for some reason? Uh, when you go from that to a big white room to a fetus in space yeah. with with no interlinking anything, you know you've 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 missed the point. <laughs> I
1: do I, I I do feel like I should point out you 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 definitely nodded off for more than ten seconds. Oh. <laughs> But but I do take your point because I I mean I watched that film. I grew up in a very uh, science fiction centric household. Right, my mum was well into science, sci-fi and my stepdad was well into sci-fi. So we I saw that film. I I, I don't know. I want to say I was ten. <laughs> um, right. So I've had to kind of piece together the plot in retrospect. Like from reading about the film because I saw it and I loved it. I had no idea what happened, no no, no concept whatsoever. So I definitely sympathise because yeah, you're right. There's monkeys <laughs> then you're yeah. in space then like, like it.
0: As as it, far it's... as I can glean, it's like there's some sort of mystical space black tablet, mm. and, it, and it creates light, it. Maybe, yeah. Yes. It maybe it yeah. does. And there's a giant fetus, and also <laughs> monkeys, and you know what else? Flashing lights, and I don't know what this spacecraft with the talking computer program has to do with anything. Like oh. I just, uh, I said to Rich when I came out, I said I feel like I'm I'm stupid because I don't get it. I said, but I know that I missed nearly all of it.
1: <laughs> it does sound like like the whole thing with the computer is quite that bit i got when i was a kid it was the rest of it i had trouble but um yeah. but i think you must have dozed off at like a crucial point like um but yeah go on wikipedia it explains it all to you i mean it's it's a kubrick film the main thing is the visuals as long as you've got the amazing visuals like he's not big on personality anyway so you know <laughs> like yeah I, it's, I, I think it's a great film but you know
0: i think i will enjoy i'm gonna have to watch it again because i can't cross it off my list as having seen it because i obviously haven't seen it <laughs> but, um, i think the, the, the biggest struggle is when you're very very warm on a very comfortable sofa in the middle of the day and you're quite tired in a dark room, it's difficult when there's not a film with a lot of dialogue because there's not, aside from that small section with the spacecraft talking mm. to each other, because I, I remember that part quite clearly, so I think I must have been awake for all of that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, it, yeah,
1: it's a very then, quiet
2: just,
0: film. Yeah, sort of after that point, every now and again I'd wake up just because I'd be hearing dun, 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 and I was like, oh, I'm, probably, probably something exciting is happening when... <laughs> So,
1: yeah. I, I mean, I, I totally sympathise that. I mean, put me in those circumstances, it could be, uh, like, it could be anything. It could be, like, it could be a Transformers film. It could be, like, it could be the Avengers. I would still fall asleep. <laughs> you
2: know, yeah, I was warm. quite
0: happy because when I went to see the Avengers, I went to the same cinema and we booked a sofa again, but oh. I was so bloody excited. I couldn't I couldn't fall asleep when I got home and into bed, like, hours later.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh. Like, Rich, what?
0: did you see that? But yes, I saw all of it. Stay shut up and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited.
1: Oh. On, on, on this note of all this talk of sleep, I think I may have to go shortly. You know, it's getting quite late over
0: here. That's fine. I've just, uh, well, it's, you know, it's we are in the same place. It's pretty late. Oh, of
1: course we are. We're in the same time zone, aren't we? Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, and I was just thinking, actually, like, Rich is probably sitting downstairs going, I want to go up and lie down for a little bit. <laughs> I'm fucking his right. side of the bed right now as well. I'm just all over the side of the bed.
1: I'm I'm travelling up to, Man- I'm to Manchester tomorrow. So I, I've got, a, yeah, I need to be, yeah, I need to get a good night's sleep.
0: The thing I wanted to mention that I will very briefly mention is that I've started reading an actual book again, and it's the first book in the Sookie Stackhouse Mm. set. I don't know how many there are. Do you watch True Blood at all? No. Okay, because the one thing that I will say about this is, if you're a perv, right, and you've watched True Blood, you think, I'm going to go read those books because there's going to be plenty of sex. You are wrong, my friend. (laughs) What do you think about that programme is that I remember watching it the once when I was at home and I was watching it in my bedroom and my granddad was in the room next door and I was getting embarrassed because of all the sex noises he must have heard coming from my bedroom. It just must have sounded absolutely terrible because the show sort of alternates between vampires biting the shit out of things and people getting fucked. Okay. <laughs> that's pretty much and, and when that's not happening it's pretty boring, I'll be <laughs> I mean I'm not a fan of watching random sex, but if I'm gonna it it may as well be in the midst of a lot of vampire killings. Mm. Do you know? Yeah, it's think- quite quite exciting so i started reading the books and it's quite funny how they've managed to get from this source material to the like sort of sex pop madness that's going on in the show and i'm very surprised they took it down that alley to be honest because i mean the sex scenes in the book it's quite funny there was one that i, I missed that they were having sex until they climaxed and i was like oh <laughs> i was just completely unaware for an entire paragraph that they were doing it <laughs> very strange hmm. because you would think that given the sort of vampire elements and the, I mean, there's werewolves and shapeshifters and all sorts going on in it, that it would be exciting enough without making the sex a big deal. So I'm very confused as to why they went in that direction with the show, because if I'm remembering it right, I did see it years ago, the very first episode pretty much starts with a naked woman chained to the ceiling getting like fuck five ways to sunday by a vampire because let's face it vampires are super speedy as well so he's like proper giving it some and then she dies and that's like the pre-credit sequence if i'm remembering correctly and okay. that's not even that's not even featured in this novel <laughs> it's not even a scene it doesn't exist and i was just I'm, I'm reading it and i'm amazed that it's quite tame and i much prefer it
1: <laughs> <laughs> i didn't kind of speechless over here i mean i am i've never never watched it (laughs) no i'm not i'm quite i'm not averse to vampires i'm not one i'm not then it's not a genre like vampire fiction is a genre isn't it that some people are really into and i'm not like i like 30 days a night um you know i'm not so I, i never kind of jumped out at me as something to watch but yeah it is the main thing i've always heard about true blood is like the next word is usually shagging like when yeah. people talk about true blood and so yeah that is really interesting like why I,
0: yeah i just cannot fathom at all why they went in that direction because
1: like i wouldn't be surprised if it was a film like i can totally see like if them when they're making a movie of something like often things will get sexed up in some way yeah but for a tv show you'd think doesn't that limit their market
0: well, exactly. I mean, because with a film, if you're going to make a film where vampires are ripping at people's throats and whatnot, it's probably going to be an 18. So if you're going to have a sex scene, it may as well be quite graphic.
1: Yeah. But,
0: but... in a TV show, you know, it's not you don't have to be as graphic about any of it, really. And I, I did find it really strange, because I'm not, I, I get quite uncomfortable watching, like, just watching sex scenes. I'm, I'm, of the, um, I'm of the the camp that I don't think you need to have sex scenes in anything except porn. <laughs> because in my head, you can totally allude to two people having done it, without showing them doing it. And frankly, I don't want to be in the middle of watching a TV show with my nan or my granddad, and suddenly a pair of people are doing it. Like, I remember watching uh, Blood my granddad and my nan really love fucking Spartacus okay. and, and I was watching that with the pair of them and then I was like oh <clears throat> I'm just going to go up to bed I think Good night guys <laughs> just off I went because let's face it sitting and watching Lucy Lawless with her baps out getting done by a you know slave or something is just a bit a bit too much for you and your grandparents to deal with. Yeah. So I do find it very strange that they went in that direction with true blood because I mean there are there are sex scenes in the book. It's not like it's not there because the sort of the whole thing about the vampire blood is that it enhances the sex drive, and that's why a lot of people try to drain vampires to drink the blood because it kind of enhances all of your senses and your libido and it makes everything kind of brilliant. So it makes sense that there's sex in it, but the fact that in the show it's very... I mean, this is quite old, so I'll spoil it, it's fine. There's an episode where a girl dies and she's sort of spread-eagled on her bed kind of thing, and that's where she's found. And I'm pretty sure there's like quite a, a, a horrible scene where you see her like getting done, every which way, whilst getting sort of slapped about and then murdered. Whereas in the book, it's like, oh, Sucky went round to blah blast house, had to look through the window, she was dead, and they all went, oh, crikey. <laughs> it's it's like, oh. So, I mean, you know, the way she described the way she was lying, you knew that it had happened either during or post-sex, but it was That's never not,
1: a thing. Yeah, that is <laughs> kind of weird. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you on the whole, like, depiction of of sex and things unless it in some way is necessary to the plot like which it very rarely is like i can't think of any examples where it is like it does seem a bit because i don't know for me i I don't generally find the people involved attractive either like because so so it doesn't even have any of that (laughs) level to it like because i'm not partial to that particular sort of hollywood ideal of beauty anyway myself so then it's just boring really like even take out the even if you're watching it on your own i'm just sort of sitting there going well okay can we Hurry up and get on with some story again now.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, but the the other thing is as well is that you know that sex is not like how it is in TV shows and films. It's never this sort of glamorous, slow, everybody's, you know, at the peak of physical fitness, you know, just on. Exactly. Yeah, it never happens that way. And I think the biggest one for me where I realised that I kind of hated it was at the end of The Fifth Element.
1: Oh, Oh, I've not seen that for years.
0: Well, there's just that bit in the tank at the end where her and Bruce Willis are quite obviously going at it like rabbits. Okay. But, and and you see a bloke look into the tank, and he looks away kind of like, Oh! caught blimey and you can tell blatantly by his face that you know you know exactly what is going on in there but then we zoom in through the little window and we see him fucking and i'm like oh no i didn't need that did not need that it was actually a whole lot funnier when it was just this bloke's face like wish i hadn't looked in there Shit. <laughs> <laughs> whoops yeah. but yeah this is a weird note to end the show on <laughs> <laughs> good night everybody sex <laughs> um <laughs>
1: I, I, I was yeah, the note we're ending on is bow chicka wow. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. not very. I'm not very good at that whole what's, what do you call it porn music impression. Yeah. But yeah, I think everybody knows what I was going for there, don't they?
0: <laughs> I think so. I think it's fine. I, th- I think I should just go and have a cold drink and go to bed.
1: So I...
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh dear um, me!
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm going to go and see what my what my beloved has been up to while, while I've been occupying the kitchen. I, I said I was going to occupy the kitchen. She told me no tents. Like, <laughs> I thought it was funny. What can I say?
0: I, I can imagine a tent would be awkward in a kitchen, especially a kitchen your size.
1: From what you're... Yeah, we wouldn't have room for it. We, we don't even have room for a one-man tent in here, and I generally need a two-man tent. I'm not a, not a small guy. I don't think I could lie down in here, to be honest. I'm actually like... I'm not going to ask I'm, you I'm, to try. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, 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 the thing I find crazy is I'm... I'm actually like looking at the floor, trying to work out if I could. Like, <laughs> I'm clearly... It's definitely bedtime, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been lovely having you on the show.
1: Oh, thank you. It's been lovely being on.
0: Thank you for joining me.
1: I've had a lovely time. Thank you. Oh, splendid.
0: Before we go, is there any sort of websites you want to promote or places we can buy your stuff?
1: Uh, uk, I think... Is our website Google orangutan comics? There you go. And uh, the best place to find me is on Twitter. I'm David Wynn on Twitter, W Y N N E, but it's all one word David Wynn. I don't really, um, i I used to have much more sort of focused internet presence, I don't really anymore. Like, um, so yeah, Twitter is the best place to find me. I rant a lot on Twitter um, so be prepared to get a lot of swearing appearing on your screen if you do follow me but yeah that's where to find me buy my book buy my book Hypergirl. <laughs> buy my book
0: <laughs> blended well yeah uh, you can find me on Twitter also I am stacebob t capital S capital T I need more volunteers for the show I think I'm sorted for the next like maybe three months which seems like a really long time but that's only three episodes guys which means that's only three people <laughs> So if you would like to be on the show, tweet me or you can drop me an email at uh, stacy'sparlor@gmail.com. at gmail.com. My Stacey has an E in it. I'm, I'm, I feel like I should quantify this simply because I haven't had sort of any emails. <laughs> 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 All right, that's a lie. I've had two, but that's not many for five episodes, and that makes me a bit sad. Yeah. So I'm pretending in my head that it's because people are spelling Stacey without an E. And it and it wasn't reaching me, maybe, perhaps, yeah. Because it can't be because I'm irritating and boring. Clearly, (laughs) yes. Come volunteer to be on the show, or you know, email me and tell me to shut up. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mind. Whatever you like. Thank you for joining us, and I will be back in July with somebody else being awesome. I'm gonna go because seriously, I'm just rambling now. I'm not very good at outros either, so. Bye everyone. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye. Do a rainbow. Bye bye-bye, bye everybody. Bye bye
1: <laughs>
2: Bye. I'm just a robot and I know my place. A metal servant to the human race. I work my can off trying to satisfy. I know they'll disconnect me. Bye. circuits like a lexicon 10 billion logic functions maybe more they make me pick the paper This wouldn't be so bad. Life do